0: I want to talk this morning about the power of a crucified life. The power of a crucified life. I lost my glasses, so I got these readers. I'm going to have to see what works best here this morning. Let's pray. Lord, the more I consider, the more I meditate, the more I peer into the depths of who You are, I'm just left overwhelmed. There truly is no one like You, Lord. Words cannot describe You. It just doesn't do You justice. You're so beyond human thought. There's no limit to your love. There's no limit to your humility, your lowliness, your faithfulness, your kindness, your patience. There's no limit. It's beyond our earthly understanding. Just the little glimpses I get of You, Lord, leaves me in wonder. It leaves me in awe that You would even consider me your friend, your son. Someone you would desire to be one with, to, to to know you, to be an intimate fellowship with you, Lord. I don't fully understand why you're mindful of me. But I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you so loved the world. You, you sent Jesus. Into this dark place. Into this place of hopelessness. And You brought light into the darkness. And that light shines still in a dark place. Your Word is light. And I pray that light would shine into our hearts. I pray you would open up our understanding just a little bit more to gaze, to look into the realities of who you are, what you have done, the invitation, the, the plan that you've already provided for, made a way for, Lord. Just beyond human comprehension, God, help us to understand a little bit better what You have actually done, Lord, and draw our hearts to hunger and thirst to believe You to bring us more fully into Your plan and Your purpose for our lives and and really into the things of Your kingdom which will last forever, which will not fade away like the things of this earth. Draw us up, Lord, into the things that matter this morning just as You already have, Lord, as we got to partake a little bit in what's happening right now in heaven. Every creature bowing before You, worshiping You. In awe of You on Your throne, Lord, falling down before You, crying out, Holy, Holy, Holy are You, Lord God Almighty. And Jesus, the Lamb of God, that was slain for the world, saying, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb who was slain. God, I love You. Open up our hearts to Your Word, Lord. Just get me out of the way, Lord. We don't need men's thoughts and opinions. We need Your Spirit. We need You to speak to us. I need You, God. I need You. Have Your way, Lord, as we look to Your Word. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I actually came across this in my devotional the other day, and I realized we were baptizing the kids today. So I've spent many hours just really considering and meditating on the baptism of Jesus. And the more I've done it, just the more I've just been left in wonder of the depths of the humility of Christ. And and the fab- the, the, the depths that God himself humbled himself to come to this earth. I, I just it's beyond human comprehension and it, it makes me just want to fall at His feet and just say, Lord, I don't fully understand this, but I love You. I am grateful. I am Yours forever. I want You the way You want me. And I want to live with You for all of eternity. And I want as many as people as I can to know You in that way. I want them to know You. I want them to know There is a God in heaven who is alive, who created you, who loves you, who wants you to know Him, who is so beyond anything you can imagine in this world, who really does satisfy the longing heart. He really is the answer to humanity. And all the pain and all the suffering and all the things we see happening in our world today, He is the answer. He has provided the answer. And it's Himself. It's coming back into union with our Creator and understanding what we were made for. We were made for Him. And so here's Jesus, God in the flesh, coming to John the Baptist to take His place with sinners. Just that, I don't understand but yet He was doing it to fulfill the law. And everything that Jesus did was what the Father wanted. It was so He could perfectly fulfill the Father's will. So it says here in verse 13, then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by Him. And John, something in John, even though He didn't fully Understand yet the enormity of who Jesus really was. He wasn't there yet. But yet there was something, just like when Peter for an instant had a glimpse or a sense of who Jesus was and said, Depart from me. I'm a sinful man. John senses, I don't need to baptize you. If anything, I need to be baptized. By you. There was something, even in human form, about Jesus that when people got around him, they understood. He's holy, or I'm not worthy to be in his presence. Now, those that the Father, because they were sincere, because there was something yearning in them, the Father would reveal bits and pieces. Of who he was. And they would get this sense of utter undoneness in his presence. And he said, I need to be baptized by you, and you are coming to me? I know for myself, the closer I get to him, the more sensible I am that I'm not holy, but he's holy. But here's Jesus. You understand, because we're not none of us are worthy. You understand that. None of us. Our righteousness is as filthy rags, but here's Jesus beginning his ministry. He's making a way for us. He's doing something that no one else could do. He's becoming our righteousness. And so he's taking our place as a sinner. This is the beginning. He's making a way for those who sense this deep sense of unworthiness. Those who sense this deep sense of unworthiness in His presence, and He's providing a permanent covering for our souls. So that our nakedness, our shame, our unworthiness can be clothed with His own righteousness. It's amazing. So we understand this was not a baptism of repentance for Jesus. He didn't need repentance, right? This wasn't just a ritual for him. He was fulfilling the law. Because Jesus said to him, Permit it now to be so, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. And when we look at baptism, there's two things we see. We look back, but we also look forward. We look back on a life of sin, a life that was unholy, but then we also look forward to a life that's been cleansed, to a life that's been set apart, to a life that now has purpose. Those children today died to their life in this world when they went in that water. That's what happened. God revealed to that young girl that everything in this world is vanity. It's empty. I'm what you need. God did that. God opened her eyes to that. And when we understand what we were made for, when we understand that our sins have blocked the way for us to know this God, to be in fellowship with Him, but yet we understand Jesus made a way for us, and we put our faith, and we repent, and we allow Him to cleanse us, we understand the mercy that's been done, and we joyfully give our lives to Him. And that's the death that takes place. But then we rise and we walk in newness of life. And we're believing that for these kids. Now for Jesus, what this meant, this was a deliberate act on His part of consecrating Himself in lowly obedience to the Father's will. And it's a picture for us of what our life looks like when we've truly died, when we've truly been baptized with Christ in His death. It's no longer we now who live. Jesus was already there. From the minute He was born, His life, His body, that little infant body, was prepared for one purpose, for the Father's will. Now He's making it public. Now the Father is making it public. Now the Father is anointing him for the work that he is about to do. So he says, permit it now to be so. Now, when I read that, when I thought about it, this is God. He's holy, he has no sin, but he doesn't care about his reputation. He humbles Himself. And He takes His place with sinners publicly. Publicly. That's why when God is opening your heart to the reality of your sinful condition and He's giving you the invitation, you need to come publicly. Because Jesus wasn't ashamed to take His place. How much more should we not be ashamed to take our place as sinners. And He did it publicly. That was part of giving up His reputation. It wasn't about His reputation. It was about pleasing the Father. And it pleases the Father when we take our rightful place just like Jesus did, which wasn't His rightful place. But when we take our rightful place, that is the entrance into the kingdom of God. That's what it means to become like a little child. It's the reality that I have nothing in and of myself to save myself. I am a sinner. I can't cover myself. I cannot produce enough good works to earn my way back into favor with God. But God has done what I could not do. And so I come helpless as a child, understanding only He has what I need. And I am willing to do whatever I need to do to have what He has provided for me. I don't care what anyone thinks. Jesus didn't care. All He cared was about what the Father thought. And obviously, we as His children, that should be our motive in life. I want to do everything so it pleases the Father. I want to please my Father in Heaven. Hebrews 10.5 says, When He, Jesus, came into the world, He said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for Me. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Then I said, Behold. This is what Jesus is doing here. Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book, it is written of Me to do your will. God. So when we enter into His baptism, we receive cleansing. We are set apart for His will. We die with Him and we rise in newness of life. It's no longer our life to be lived out as we would want to live it out. Jesus had no will of His own. That's what it means to be His follower. It really is a forsaking of all. It's what Jesus did. And God is looking for vessels. God is looking for vessels. He's looking amongst His people, those that call Himself themselves His people, but He's also looking for others to be vessels. That He can fully pour Himself into and upon to glorify Himself in the earth. Because that's what Jesus did. And that's what we're called to do as His followers. Second Timothy 2, verse 19 says, Let everyone... Well, let, maybe most of everyone. Some... Some, some believers, they'll let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You know, when Jesus cleansed the woman, the adulteress, what did He say to her? Go and sin no more now. Let the worst thing come upon you. So those who name the name of Christ are called to depart from iniquity. And then it goes on, it says, In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, in other words, a vessel of dishonor, he will be a vessel for honor. Sanctified, in other words, set apart for God, useful for the Master, prepared for every good work. God is looking for those types, those kinds of followers that name his name. Now it says when Jesus had been baptized, that immediately he came up out of the water, and behold, the heavens opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. When Adam sinned, we need to understand the heavens became brass. Adam and Eve were walking in the garden. They were walking in all the goodness that God called good when He created the world. Everything was perfect. They were in perfect fellowship with their Creator. But when they sinned, their sin made a brass curtain to the heavens. They had no more access to have that intimate fellowship with God. That's what sin did to mankind. But yet Jesus made a new living way. The obedience of Jesus opens that heaven back open to us. And it doesn't just mean that one day I'll go to heaven. He's made a way for me to go to heaven. No, it means now. When we put our faith, when we are living in obedience to Him. The heavens are open. We have access all the time to where God can speak to us and we can speak to God. And God can pour forth His Holy Spirit. God can come upon us. God can give us from His throne everything we need. All the resources of heaven are there for us. You understand, this is what's happening here. The Father is giving all the resources of heaven to Jesus so He can fulfill his mission. That's the spirit of God descending upon him. And it's interesting, there's three accounts of this. In Luke, it says th- it happened as he was praying. What was he praying? When this happened, I don't know, but we can get an idea of it because we understand a little bit what the mind of Christ was. It's described to us in Philippians 2, verse 5. So maybe he was praying. I don't know. Father, I've already let go of my glory that I had before. Father, I'm here, and it's not about my reputation, Father. I'm here to represent You, Father. And to, again, this is a mystery, to become sin or to bear the sin of the whole world. And I'm here today, Father, taking my place taking my rightful place fulfilling the law and father i'm your bond servant i'm here father just declaring once again that i don't have a plan of my own i don't have my own ambitions i don't have my own thoughts of what my life should be father Your will is My will. It's not My will. It's Your will, Father. So, Father, My vessel is completely Yours. Do with Me as You will. You are the Master. I am Your slave, Father. I lay down My rights. I lay it all down, Father. I have no rights. I'm Your slave. And I'm willing, Father, Father, to be obedient even to the point of death and even the death on the cross, Father. That's why I came. Give me the strength, Father. I can't do anything without You, Father. So I'm looking to You. Empower me to fulfill my mission. To do the things to glorify You through miracles and signs and wonders. Walk in the anointing Isaiah prophesied about, and then to ultimately lay my life down, be crucified for all of mankind. Here I am, Father, do with me as I will. And the Holy Spirit comes down upon him. You want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? You want the Holy Spirit to come upon your life and enable you to lay your life down like Jesus did, to walk in His love, to do the things He did? Well, Romans 12 tells us how that happens, and it's exactly what Jesus is doing here. He's offering His life as a living sacrifice. When we do that, and then we ask God... Here's my life, God. But now, Father, I need what You promised. The heavens open and God, the Holy Spirit, descends upon You to fulfill that mission. It says the Spirit descended upon Jesus. He was led by that same Spirit into the wilderness right after that. And He overcame every temptation that we face living in this world. He overcame the three things that it talks about in the book of 1 John. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. He conquered them all in the power of the Spirit and by the Word of God. He did what no one else could do. He overcame. And when He was done and He came out of that wilderness, Right after that baptism, right after the Holy Spirit came upon him, he walked into a synagogue and he read these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, Recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And after this, Jesus displayed powers in miracle working and teaching in a greater way than ever shown before. If Jesus needed that, we need it. If Jesus needed that, we need it. Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with Him. Hallelujah. And then in verse 17 it says, a voice came from heaven saying, This is My beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus is shown in the baptism as God's beloved Son. The Father declares it. I want to declare it to you kids today that got baptized. The Father declares today, You are My daughter. You are My son. He declares to all of us who have put our faith in him, who are truly walking with him, you are my daughter, you are my son. And when I understand, as I said earlier, the magnitude, the enormity of what God has done, I want my life to be pleasing. I want the Father to be able to look down on my life and say, that's my son that I'm well pleased. And and He's given me everything I need to do that. He didn't leave us helpless. When we are being led by the Spirit of God, we are told in Romans 8 that we are called the sons of God. In a lower sense than Jesus, but we are called sons and daughters of God. When we're being led by the Spirit... Romans 8:14 says for as many as are led by the spirit of God these are the sons of God for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out Abba Father that's my prayer for you kids today the spirit will bear witness that you would cry out Abba Father the Spirit bears witness that we are children of God. Again, as His children, we should always be living our lives and working out our salvation to be well-pleasing in His sight. Christianity is a supernatural experience. Christianity is not going to church. It's not doing some outward forms of religion. Christianity is supernatural in every aspect, in the way God changes us, in the way the Holy Spirit comes into our lives and literally transforms who we are day by day, from glory to glory, more and more into the image of Christ. Nothing else can do that. He delivers from sin. He breaks the power of sin in our lives that it would not have no more dominion over us. We're new creations. The old man has passed away. Behold, all things become new. He empowers us by the power of the Holy Spirit to be led, to live a Spirit-empowered life. Anything else is just a mere form of religion that denies the power. That Jesus Himself walked in. That His own disciples walked in. That many over the centuries in the church have walked in. That God is calling now to us to walk in. Those are the vessels He's looking for. But we have to understand and follow Jesus' example. And this is just one in His baptism, really. His whole life. He's the forerunner. He's gone before us. He shows us how to walk in that crucified life so that the power of God is always resting upon us so we too can walk in that anointing. It's only there you're going to find all the resources of heaven at your fingers. The more I look at this world, the more I read the headlines, the more we see what is happening to our society, the more we understand the bondage, the depravity this world is in. The grip that the enemy has on the minds of so many in society, all the different things that are happening, we have to come to the realization that an outward form of religion is not the answer. We need to walk in the supernatural. We need to walk as Jesus walked. We need to be what the church is called to be. And that's what God is raising up in this hour. And I I just want to give you a warning, okay? Be careful of the voices that would try to convince you to save your life. You know, John, because he was sensing his unworthiness, says, oh, no, please, uh, Jesus, what do you, what do you, uh, you should be baptized in me. He was trying to prevent Jesus from what he was supposed to be doing. Even Peter, when Jesus is describing that he must die, He's going to be crucified. Peter says, not so, Lord. And what does Jesus say to him? Get behind me, Satan. And that's what you need to say. I've seen parents talk their kids out of a crucified life because they want their kids to have a nice life, a happy life, to pursue what this world has. I've seen callings, on, on kids' lives and, and then get off and into the things of this world because of parents. What if your kid's called to go to the mission field and die? But that's God's will for them. Many have gone before. Would we tell them, not so! You're not hearing from God. But mommy, uh, daddy, I, I, I'm called to the Arab nations. God spoke to me. I know I might die, but I must obey Him. My life is not my own. You'll have good people. You'll have Christian people. You'll have all kinds of voices convincing you. You don't have to go the narrow way. You don't have to forsake all. You don't have to Live the crucified life. You can have Jesus end. You can, but you'll have a form of godliness with no power. Don't listen to those voices. I'll close with this this morning in that passage where Jesus is rebuking Peter in Matthew 16, He asks the disciples a question. Who do you say that I am? Maybe there's many in this room. You've you've heard about Jesus. Because in America, a lot of people have heard about Jesus. But who do you say He is? Maybe you're a believer. Who do you say He is? Is He the Son of God? Do you really believe He is the Son of God? Simon Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And then he begins to, again, tell them, okay, guys, listen, i got to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, the scribes, and I'm going to be killed. They must have missed, they must have just heard killed and didn't hear, and raised the third day. Hello? I went to the doctor one time and they told me I had this thing with my heart, and that's all I heard. I didn't. Oh, no, he said, and you might need a heart transplant one day. I I didn't hear anything else. And then when I got home, I realized, that was like 20 years ago, I'm fine. It was probably like that for them. You're going to die? Not so, Lord. You need to establish your kingdom. They had their own thoughts. Because they had the mind of the flesh. Peter did. You know, and he said to Peter there in verse 23. Get behind me, Satan. I've had people like that in my life. That I know God called me and God spoke to me and gave me a scripture. And I've set my heart and I knew there would be a cost. I knew there would be sacrifice. I knew it would mean something about my... Rep. I knew it. But I also knew God was calling me and I had the voices. And it, it was Satan. Through people. Through Christians. Don't be deterred. If, if the Father has opened your heart, He has revealed Jesus to you, you either know that or you don't. If you do, there's no other option for you. If the Father is in you, know without a shadow of a doubt because God revealed that to you. Because only He can. It's not a mental assent. It's not something I'm going to talk you into. The Holy Spirit... Opens up your understanding to know Him. And if you're here today and you're crying out, I need to know, is this real? Ask the Father. He'll open your heart. He'll open your understanding. He'll reveal to you that Jesus is and was the Son of God. He did come to this earth as God in the flesh. He did live a sinless life. He did take your sins upon the cross. He did die on that cross. And guess what? He rose the third day. And He's at the right hand of the Father right now. And He has all heaven available to you this morning. Get behind me, Satan. You are offense to me. You are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. And then Jesus said this. And this is it. I believe. I believe. Salvation isn't, oh Jesus, just come into my life. No, this is it. This is it right here. Because if you understand, this is it. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Let him take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life, that's the voice. Oh, no, you, you don't have to go to the cross. Oh, no, no, you don't have to live this crucified life they're talking about, that Jesus talked about. You don't have to do that. You can have Jesus and the world. You can have a good life here and then a good life to come. You don't have to suffer. You don't have to deny yourself. Jesus loves you. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to enjoy life here. Get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. What profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world? and loses his soul. What will a man give in exchange for his soul? Again, I don't care how good you try to be. I don't care how many works you try to do. The only price that could pay the price of your sins is Jesus fulfilled on the cross. If you're not covered by His blood when you stand before the Father, you will be condemned for all of eternity. Your own righteousness will come up like filthy rags when you stand before a holy God. There's only one covering you will have that will suffice, and it's the righteousness of Christ. And it only comes one way. For the Son of man, will come. This is a promise. Will come. In the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He will reward each one according to His works. So, let this mind be in you this morning that was also in Christ Jesus. Don't hold on to your life, your position, whatever it is you think you need to hold on to. Let go of it, just like Jesus did. Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Admit it. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner, Lord. I know it. And Lord, I need to humble myself before you. And forget about your reputation. If God's making that real to you this morning, you need to come to him and receive what he's offered for you. Cleansing. But you've got to humble yourself. You're going to have to let go of your life. You're going to have to come up here this morning. Confess your sins. Ask God to forgive you. Ask him to cleanse you. And when you understand and you know you're cleansed, and you will know it, just the, the, the simple response is okay, my life is yours. I surrender. I consecrate. Jesus, it's no longer my life. I, I give up the rights to it. Because it's the only response I can give. Now that I understand what I've been forgiven and what you actually saved me from. And I want to know You. I want to know what my purpose is now. I want Your Holy Spirit to come and live inside of me. I want the living hope the Bible describes. I want my life to mean something for eternity so when I stand before You, I can hear those words, Well done, my good, my faithful servant. And I want to walk. In this world, just like Jesus walked in that same anointing, Lord, I want my life to be able to proclaim the gospel. I want to walk in the same miracle working power that you had so that it can give glory to your name, so that it can confirm that your words are true and that you're alive and that you're a God that can do the impossible. Lord, I want all you have for me. so we're going to pray and I'm going to just ask anyone this morning I'm not going to ask you to join a church I'm not going to ask you if you've attended church before I'm going to ask you do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Is he revealing himself to you? Is there something inside of you that says, "I know this is true, and I need what Jesus did for me"? And I don't fully understand this, but I I need to know. I'm hopeless. I've tried everything else, just like we heard from a, 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 an 11-year-old. She's already tried all the world has to offer. That's amazing. But it's true. There's nothing in this world for you because you weren't made for this world. This world's fallen. There's going to be a new heavens and a new earth. And God wants you to be part of it. And He wants you to bring others with you. So He's inviting you to enter into the true... Reality of what it means to know Him and to have His Spirit come and live inside of you and know that you're a child of God. And to have purpose. And to walk in an open heaven back in in fellowship with God. So I'm going to invite anyone to come to this altar if God is speaking to you this morning. God's hand is out to you this morning. Don't let your pride, don't let the devil convince you you don't have to come to this altar. One thing I learned over the years is there's times... God gives us in our life, and we're not promised another time like this. If there's a tug in your heart, if there's anything going on right now, you need to respond to the Lord. Please don't hesitate when you know God is calling you. Don't hesitate. Thank you, Lord. to come up front. As we're praying for them, anyone else that wants to come down, you need salvation. These altars are going to be open.